Have you been struggling to make solid cinematic films? Do you watch other filmmakers and wonder why their products look so good? You need training. Good, specialized training. Something that is easy to digest and that you can take safely at home. I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about full-time filmmaker. Parker Wallbeck and his team have put together an amazing course with over 400 training videos. Everything from Wedding Video Pro with Jake Weisler to how to edit with Premiere or Final Cut. Imagine getting proper, real-world training you can do at home. Imagine the impact that would have on your work, your skills increase, your quality increases, and then so do your prices. Click on our affiliate link below, take the free online training on their top 10 secrets to achieving cinematic shots, and see what full-time filmmaker can do for you. We did it, and it propelled our business. Hey everybody, and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your host, Phil Beabout, and today we are talking about working with luxury planners with David DeChico of DeChico Design. Um, You know, I knew going into this, this was going to be a great conversation just because David is so, he's just such a good conversationalist. Like he's, he's an unbelievably good speaker. So I knew that, that this is going to be a very good podcast and you know, talking to him about his design process, what he's looking for in other vendors is very important for everyone to kind of listen to and understand because it gives you a window into what a luxury planner is looking for when it comes to working with a vendor. Why is that important is because once you start to understand these these little like idiosyncrasies and what what these what these folks are looking for, it's going to make it easier for you to approach them, for you to offer a service to them, and then for you to get on this list that David, you know, he talks about. He talks about having different lists of people in each like geographical area, whether it's Miami, Italy, it's like his go-to. And the object is, you know, for people that are just starting out to work towards getting on those lists. Because, you know, a few podcasts back, you know, we were talking to, to Philip Van Nostrom and he mentions, you know, if you want to break into that luxury market, you're going to need to go through a planner. Well, now we have a planner on that's talking about what you need to do to work with them and to work effectively with them. So it's, it was such a good privilege. It was such a, such a great conversation, you know, to grab a pen, sit back. Let's, let's listen to, to, to David, just articulate like how he works out these designs. Like he's, he's been part of million dollar weddings and just all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's very important to understand, you know, his process and then what he's looking for. So let's sit back and let's enjoy the conversation. All right, let's go. So David, thank you so much for coming on Wedding Videography for Beginners. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you taking time out of your day to chat with us. I'm really excited to talk to you about your design process, how you like working with vendors, like what vendors can do to actually work with you. And I guess I want to kind of start at the beginning though. So I know, I know personally you've been doing this for what, eight years now? I think it's eight years. I think you started in 2013. About eight years. If I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I guess if you want to, if, if you could just kind of start from the beginning, maybe with, with Mark Hall design and then walk us through, uh, the Chico design. Okay. Definitely. Well, thank you for having me too. I'm uh, excited to be here. I've had, uh, you know, some of my good friends and colleagues on here too. So, uh, it's good to reconnect. Um, yeah, I mean, so I started in the industry October of 2013, um, I had actually met Mark Hall about a year prior 
Um, and then it kind of took a little bit for stars to align and things to make sense. Um, I actually have a finance background and I was doing finance and a little HR prior to that. So nothing really design related, but I've always had, um, you know, I've always been artistic. I've always had a design eye and I've enjoyed that piece. So, um, I felt like event design was, was a nice transition. Um, at the time I didn't even really know what it was. Um, and working with Mark was great. I mean, his company focused on floral and event design specifically, um, which was gr- a great you know place to start learning. Um, I immediately was in the luxury market, which was awesome for me because um, that was really you know my 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 most interest. Um, my first wedding was my first week at the Four Seasons, uh, day six of nice. working there. So. It was, yeah, it was interesting to see how an event comes together. We were working with a planner who had hired us as the design team. Um, and there was a number of vendors, obviously, you know, curated throughout that as well. Um, I worked there for six years to the day. I actually resigned on my six-year anniversary. Um, and I was finished about two and a half weeks after that. Um, and I you know, designed the, the way I wanted to structure my company based off of my experience there, but also the people that I worked with throughout that process. Um, I like the planning side to, to events as well. Um, so I've structured my services as event concierge and I offer kind of like a la carte, anything from event planning, event design and event production. Um, and then depending on how I'm hired, I'll bring on other creative partners um, to kind of fill the voids where I think I need help with. Um, so for example, sometimes I'll bring another planner onto my team if it seems like it's going to be design heavy and I become more of the event producer, event designer. Um, there's been cases where I've taken on all roles. Um, you've seen that yourself. Uh, this past summer, I did a beach party where you know I was playing the role of planner, designer, and producer. Um, what you probably also experienced is that you know, that came along with a number of creative partners um, that, you know, were specifically curated based off of what the client wanted from that event. Um, you know, as much as I like to use a lot of the same people and build those relationships, you know, one of my biggest focuses, especially now being on my own, is understanding the client's needs, um, what exactly they're trying to accomplish with the experience of the event, and then bringing on those partners to make sure they're the right ones to make it happen. Um, And sometimes that's locally in Boston and sometimes that's beyond. Um, You know, sometimes there's cost that goes into play with that as well. Um, But really the focus is, you know, why is this person becoming part of my team? Uh, Do they understand my vision? Do they work, you know, smoothly with everyone else involved? Um, So yeah, that's actually, I think one of the most fun parts for me is figuring out, who should be involved and why. Um, and again, you know, that's very much driven based off of what the client wants to do. Um, most of the time, the client doesn't even know who that team is, uh, but they're sort of trusting in my overall vision and that you know, we've built a, a group that's going to make it successful. Yeah, I mean, you know, just going back to the, uh, the Beach Bash, one, one thing that I thought was unbelievably yeah. impressive was the way that you were making changes on the fly. 
So, you know, there, there were, there were sometimes <sighs> there were things, you know, weren't going as planned and you really, you adapted to it like very, very well and very quickly. Then you were able to shift gears, get things resituated and, you know, keep everything moving, which is, I think that's, that's an unbelievably good trait when you're in an environment that. Uh, one, you can't really make a mistake with because everything is unfolding in real time, right. like weddings. And two, you can, you can just make that like, you know, hard 90 degree turn adapt, you know, we, we call it prioritize and execute. So that's a military thing. Like you prior right. prioritized what was going on and then you executed exactly what you needed to do based off that priority to keep everything rolling for, for, you know, that party, which is a really, really impressive, you know, trait. Like, and I think that's probably Thank what, you. what I, helps. I yeah. That. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty you know, sure that's what helps. I, I always, um... No, go right ahead. Go ahead. I always, uh, I always tell people, um, you know, I always compare what I do to like I design temporary interiors, and unlike an uh, interior designer, you know, our timelines they can't change. You can't suddenly have you know someone you've subcontracted say, hey, this project's going to take an extra three weeks. Um, one of my, again, favorite parts about what I do is really that on-site, the production moment when everything's being set up or even when the event's happening and having to ad hoc like that. Um, there is such an adrenaline rush that entire time. Um, sometimes you're almost moving too quickly. Um, and again, this is why, you know, having the right people around you is very key as well. Um, you know, that scenario, a couple things came into play with that beach party. You know, we, we changed the date of the event the week of because the weather was not going to be as nice the night before. Um, we actually moved the location on the beach to where it was going to be so that it had a better view. Um, you know, and then there was a couple other things. I mean, we were setting up an event on a beach and I, you know, we had to time that with the water the sun, mm -hmm. the weather, um, a lot of things that you really just can't control. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like to call it adrenaline. Uh, it's definitely could be replaced with the word anxiety or stress in a lot of times. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I will say this, the last large event that I produced, you were also there for, it was, uh, the Halloween fundraiser I had, um, for mm -hmm. my one year anniversary. Um, we did a fundraiser for the black trans community. Um, and yeah, that was, that was an adrenaline rush too. I mean, that same week, you know, we had to have it outside because of COVID. Um, it was freezing cold. Thankfully the party was on the earlier side. Um, that was the last big event that I produced. And, you know, over the past, uh, almost five months now, four months, um, the thing that I've missed the most is that feeling that adrenaline, um, yeah, it's been hard not having that piece. Um, I actually have my first wedding uh, next month. It is April 17th. Uh, my first wedding was supposed to be last year, April 18th. So it's almost a year to the day, the same Saturday, um, different client. Uh, and this wedding is actually in Miami. So um, it's 30 people. It's outside at a client's uh, aunt's house on the water. So it should be really cool. I'm excited because it's something small to kind of ease myself back into it. Um, I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to a little bit of the stress and the adrenaline. Um, and I think it's going to help really kind of jumpstart me again to get ready for what the season has in store. Um, you know, as, as we talked about earlier, um, things are starting to get busy now in the Boston area, thankfully. Um, you know, I'm lucky I have another wedding May, one in June, and then August, I think I'm every weekend, which is almost the same as September. So 
the fall is going to be crazy for sure, but I'm excited to almost have like this slow ramp up period. Um, it should, it should be really good. Yeah, we have ours. Ours is kind of our first wedding is in May, but we have two couples right now that are pending for May, um, June and July. Okay. We have one each, but once we're the same way, once August hits, uh, you know, we're booking, we're, we're shooting like two weddings a weekend. I think one weekend in September, we're actually doing three. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I told okay. Brent, I was like, oh, wow. we, we can't do that. We, we can't do that again. <laughs> we need to, we, we need a, we need a day in between. Like, that's just ridiculous. Now talk about so, a rush on those weekends. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more concerned about charging all the batteries. Like that's, that's my number one concern yes. is, you know, how, how am I going to get everything charged back up in this amount of time? Like that's so right. that, that'll be, that'll be good. It'll be a good experience, Fair. but uh, yeah. What, so going with your, with everything that you've done in the last eight years, I, I'm just curious, what, what's been your most like expensive, like extravagant wedding? Um, so I would say I've been a part of weddings that were definitely, um, more expense. Well, let me rephrase this differently. So I've, I've been a part of weddings at di in different capacities. So I've been a part of a lot of very expensive million dollar plus weddings where when I, what the company I was at previously, where we were only responsible for certain parts of the design. Um, there was one wedding where I was responsible for planning it and designing it and producing it. Um, it was one of the first that we did at Mark Hall Design where we took on all of those roles. Um, and it was a wedding uh, up in Hildeen in Vermont. It's the old uh, Lincoln family home. Um, oh. And we actually bought out the um, Taconic Kimpton Hotel um, in Manchester um, for a few reasons. We needed the, the amount of uh, the number of rooms that they had. Um, and the client really wanted to kind of have control of the space. Um, we actually were able to redesign the way the furniture was set up in the common spaces. Um, we could add elements of the client's history to make it feel more residential or more like their home. Um, we also used the hotel to host the welcome party in their restaurant, which again, we had full control to redesign the entire space. Um, oh, nice. they also hosted the Sunday brunch. Um, yeah, that was the biggest one, uh, I've been a part of where, I was kind of flying at the seat of my pants in some ways, to be honest, um, dealing with things like transportation and being the one who's like physically mm -hmm. on the bus going back and forth, making sure guests were arriving there. Um, it was just never my, uh, my background. You know, I, for the most part, I always had planners that were hiring us um, to help with the design side. Um, so it was a great way for me to really appreciate what all those planners do for sure. Um, and then learn it firsthand and really, you know, again, like you were talking about earlier, just having an ad hoc in those moments, um, that I would say was more stress than it was adrenaline. Um, but I definitely learned, you know, the importance of enough transportation, things like that. Um, and making sure you have enough hands. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a large task when you are doing multiple roles that you really, you know, have to be doing multiple things at the exact same time. Um, so yeah. again, you know, like we mentioned earlier, it just goes back to making sure you're bringing on people 
on your team to handle those different tasks so that you can not have to be two or three people. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of trust that goes into that entire process. So, you know, while you're on the bus shuttling people, there has to be somebody inside the venue. Like there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts with something like that. So that's definitely not lost to me. Um, not, not to sound corny, but do you have like a favorite wedding location? Have you had like a favorite, like just, was there like one wedding or one event that just sticks out that you were like, man, you know, that was, that was fantastic. Like, um, one that sticks out. To be honest, like, not really. Um, I feel like there's so many venues that I've worked at multiple times. I think like at this point in my career, what I'm really trying to do is work at new places. Um, mm-hmm. I have I have a couple weddings coming up that are in locations that I've never been before. Um, you know, I, I guess if, if, if like to answer to answer your question and give you something like. The Boston Public Library, I think, is one of my favorites, um, specifically being in that courtyard. Um, it's such a grand location. Um, yeah. I like that old world feel outside of being in a, an actual hotel. Um, the Harvard Club in Boston gives a similar vibe to that. Um, you know, and then like a space like the MFA is great. It's such a raw space. There's so much you can do with it. Um, but I have a wedding next May. Uh also in Miami. Um, and it's at a private mansion. Um, and there's a pool out back. So like the ceremony is going to be in the front of the house by a fountain. There's a pool out Mm. back that we're covering with an acrylic, um, dance floor. Um, I'm super excited about that. I think it's going to be very unique. It's a place I've never worked before. It has a very like old world Miami vibe. Um, it's going to be very, like, very sexy for sure. Um, So I'm excited about that. Um, Where else? Yeah, I have, I honestly, like, doing a private wedding at a home. Sorry. No, I was going to say, on on David's website, he has this amazing picture of the Boston Public Library. I'm assuming that you did, like, the florals and that kind of stuff, because it's this nice, like, beautiful wide-angle shot the couple standing in the middle, the ceilings lit up like a light purple and you have like a, uh, like a light pink, you know, light red, you know, the floral arrangement. That's like the symmetry is perfect. Like you guys got to check it out. I was looking at it earlier. Like it's a, it's a visually stunning photo. So just like that. As soon as you said the blossom. Blossom, Yeah. It's, yeah. It's the blossoms. It's cherry blossoms. Yep. Yeah. You know, that was actually my first wedding I ever produced there. Um, that client, you know, I, I actually still speak with to this day. Um, they they were amazing. Um, the bride's family is actually from Japan. Um, and, you know, that's where there's a lot of cherry blossom groves. Um, and that's really what we were trying to recreate there. Um, I remember walking into that space. Um, you know, I always do a walkthrough with the client a little bit towards the end of cocktail hour. So make sure they can have their own moment in that reception. Um, and her mom uh, was just in tears. She, she loved that, you know, it was very reminiscent from home for her. Um, so that was a very special moment for us. You know, that's, that's really one of the, the main reasons I think I'm in this industry, um, specifically on the design side too, you know, everyone always talks about the experience and, you know, evoking emotion and how, how do you do that? Um, and how do you translate, you know, a client's not just their vision, but like who they are into that design. Um, 
you know, and, and, and not everyone has those emotional moments, but, um, I'm an emotional guy. Uh, I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, and yeah, I, I live for those moments. It really makes you appreciate what you do. Um, when you see someone really touched by your work, um, you know, and with that said, I think in terms of design, um, so many people historically look at it as you're creating just the static moments, right? Like when you're talking about rentals and you're talking about floral design and how the room looks. Um, and I like to really think of it beyond that, where you're think about it like this way too, as a, like a photographer, as opposed to a videographer, there's only so much that a photographer can capture as opposed to what a videographer does. Now, if you have a really great photographer, you can capture all that emotion and you can capture all that experience. Videography, you get to see that experience actually happen, that emotion coming out of that person, that full reaction. Um, for, a, for a designer, you know, I love the video piece or the moments within that production, you know, where the lighting changes and you see people react um, or you see a new like performance come out. Um, those are the moments when you're talking about design with clients, especially on the luxury side. Um, it's an educational process to help them understand, like, I'm not just creating what your room looks like, but I'm also helping you design the mood and those moments and how we're going to make those happen. Um, in a lot of ways, you're kind of manipulating how guests are going to respond, what they're going to look at, um, and the timing of when that all is going to happen. Um, you know, I, again, I, I also kind of describe what I do as creating a theatrical production for this five or six yeah. hour period and helping you design how that's going to work and how we're going to um, have your guests experience those moments. And that's transitions with lighting, with music, with different locations. Um, that's, that's one of the most exciting parts. Yeah. And I mean, this is, this is actually a perfect time to segue into that design process. So what you want to talk to me just a little bit about like when you're, when say I was a client and I come to you and I'm like, Hey, you know, David, yeah. I'm interested in your services. I want you to make this amazing production for my wedding. Like I want you to just I want you to push my right. wig back. So what, uh, what, what, how do you start? Like where, like, can you just talk, just talk to me a little bit about like just your, your actual process for, you know, working into a, yeah. these, these elaborate, you know, productions. Yeah, sure. You know, most people uh, originally, you know, th that initial conversation is, chatting about the basics where are you getting married how many people you know what are your goals why'd you choose that venue um tell me a little bit about your relationship um it's really those sort of fact but feeling questions um i sometimes like to make people feel a little bit uncomfortable um every time on that initial either call but it's been calls lately uh usually i prefer to have it in person i always feel like i'm on a double date um or i guess I, they're the double. I'm the single person here. And I'm sort of on a date with a couple, um, which I guess is very uh, common these days, maybe. Um, you know, it, it's just trying to figure out, like, if you can make someone feel not necessarily uncomfortable, but having a question like, okay, what is he trying to get out of me? Um, you know, my goal is always translating someone's personalities, their backgrounds, their relationship into the design. Um and that process can sometimes be hard, um, but it's really, you know, trying to figure out what's a priority to them and what's important. Um, most people come to me because they think 
Um, I just do floral and event design um, because historically that's, that's what my role was at the company I was at previously. Um, it's great to talk to people and then start to talk about lighting, uh, rentals, custom fabrication, um, and really how you're developing a room. Um, I think in the beginning, most people sometimes are a bit overwhelmed with that process. Um, but mm-hmm. I think it's necessary to That's start getting their, their brain turning and say it again. I was saying that's a lot. That process is a lot. So, yeah, I mean that, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, you're starting to talk about all these other design elements that they've never even considered. I mean, even lighting, for example. Um, so, you know, I like to then go to, go back to the drawing board. I show them examples of what I'm talking about. I show them floral varieties. I show them past work of what I've done. Um, examples of lighting um, in different venues that I've worked in. Um, and then, you know, I develop a, a vision board for them. Um, I also prefer, and this is what's actually been the hardest part for, for my role in uh, the times of COVID, um, to be having design meetings in person where I'll bring in flowers, we'll look at different textiles, um, I'm showing them imagery of lighting in those moments and why it's important. Um, it's really, again, it's like I, you a, you're asking those fact and feeling questions in the beginning, and now you're actually feeling elements in person together and helping people understand why it's important to see these things, to feel them, to experience them. Um, and then I always like to have a, a presentation for my clients um, so that they can see, you know, all these elements that we've chatted about coming together. Um, so it's really sort of this funneling process of tell me your priorities, the colors that you like, flower varieties, you know, tell me about your background and then, you know, using each element of design um, to translate those conversations. And it just gets closer and closer until we finally figure out, you know, exactly what I'll be producing for you. Um, and throughout that process, you know, it's conversations about, um, again, the flow of that evening. And then how are we tying these elements in so that, you know, your music makes sense at these moments? Um, yeah, I think, uh, it's a very hands-on process if, uh, a client wants it to be that way. Um, sometimes I have clients who just say, honestly, this is the space you kind of have free range, uh, free reign. What do you want to do with it? Um, I did a holiday party. It's for a, a corporate client. Um, I've done it, their party the past six years. Um, so this past December, or let me rephrase that December of 2019. Um, it was, uh, two months after I had launched, this was my first time doing their party on my own. And, um, the client always likes to come to me about six weeks prior to the date of the event. Um, which is always interesting because, uh, they always have a very clear sort of, uh, idea of what they want, but no vision for it. So I, knowing this, I'm always preparing for this earlier on, um, this past year or two years ago, we did uh, full carpet installation, drapery treatment. Um, so I sort of had to anticipate what they might want to do. And with this one, I really sort of designed something that I wanted to have as a party. Um, I was actually very fortunate that it was at the Four Seasons in Boston. Um, They had come back to me and said, hey, we have two events in the ballroom the day after your client's party. Uh, Would it be okay if we reused your design? Um, So I went back to my client and I said, hey, you know, the Four Seasons reached out. This is totally your choice. You know, you're paying for all of this. 
um, is it okay if we use it for the hotel? And she said, yeah, I don't, I don't mind at all. And I said, okay, well, I have an idea too. I want to actually have a fourth party in this space. And I thought about throwing a launch party using that design. Um, and she said, you do whatever you want to do with it as long as I'm not liable. Um, so we ended up doing four parties in a 27 hour period. Um, it was wow. wild. It was, uh, you know, an amazing holiday party for the client. The four seasons got to utilize it twice. And then, um, I got to host my launch party in the same room. So the funny part about the whole situation was when you saw the room, it was actually a design for a party that I wanted to have. And I never thought when I was designing it, it was actually going to be, um, a party for my company. Um, so I felt very, very fortunate that, uh, that all fell in place. Uh, fell into place in the way that it did. Um, and even the guests that I got to have there was really, you know, an accumulation of all of the people in my life that helped me get to that place um, personally and then within the industry as well. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, a, it was a great, it was a great experience. It was sad to not see anything like that happen this past December, but I'm hopeful for this yeah. upcoming one. Yeah, everybody everybody is in the same boat as you right now. We're all hoping for the same thing. We all want everything. Everybody's I'm, right. I'm glad that now in Massachusetts, you know, weddings can have a hundred people indoor, 150 people outdoor. Like that's a big step compared to, you know, 20, 25. Yeah. So that's, you know, we just need really to is. keep plugging along. So I actually, I get my funny, second I COVID shot uh, tomorrow. So. Oh, really? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I'm stoked to be honest. I'm, uh, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting to get a, uh, an appointment to get my first one. I had it last March. Um, so I'm not, um, you know, and I'm, I'm also not someone who's high on the list of someone who has to have it immediately. So I'm patiently waiting, but I'm definitely ready. Um, with going down to Miami next month and after being, yeah. I mean, I, I was just fortunate that the, uh, the VA in Massachusetts just opened it up to veterans. So like I've, I've been going to the, the Bedford okay. VA and getting, yeah, that's, it's not, you know, they just, I think they ran out of arms. So they said, Hey, right. come in and make an appointment. So, <laughs> which is good. It's, well, it's good, good as long as, you know, ev- yeah, everybody is getting it. So it's going to make life Did easier for all of us. Too? No. No, she, she, I, I can only do it because I'm a veteran enrolled in VA healthcare. Right. So she's, yeah, okay. she's on that list. I don't know if you've seen that where you, everybody kind of put their name in the hat a couple of weeks ago. There was a, yeah, so I, there was a, I put my name in it too. And I, you know, I got the text, like we have your information when it's ready to make an appointment. So I'm just kind of waiting for that piece to come through. Yeah. Brittany's in the same exact boat. So same thing. Okay. What um makes sense. Out of curiosity, if you have a client that's kind of like putting up roadblocks, like I, you know, consistently like I don't I don't like this design or I don't like this floral arrangement, I don't like the way that you have this, you know, light right. coming through. What what what's your process to kind of get around that, break down those barriers and then, you know, keep keep moving forward? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think um, obviously you want to be respectful of everyone's thought process and their opinions on it. Um, it's tough sometimes, you know, I'm so emotionally tied to my work um, because I really, you know, try to put uh, pieces of me even in all of my designs. 
Um, I think it's important for your work to be authentic. Um, so sometimes you have to sort of separate your feelings in those scenarios. And I always tell people, you know, after I present something or even before, you know, let me know if there's anything that you want to change. I'm not going to be offended by it. Um, the idea is that although it's my work, it's representative of you. Um, Mm -hmm. so in those moments, you know, I, I go back to the drawing board. I really try to figure out, you know, Hey, or I'll say like, you know, this is the reason why I decided on this based off of this conversation that we had, um, you know, has something changed since then? Um, people change their minds. Um, people suddenly don't like a specific flower or color, um, especially over this past year, you know, I had weddings that were designed and finished and ready to go. And now they're a year and a half later. Um, and now suddenly maybe someone doesn't love an orchid anymore. Um, they used to mm-hmm. want an all white wedding and now they want it to be, you know, blue. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it takes patience on that end, of course. Um, but I think figuring out the reasons as to why, um, and the driving factors as to, you know, why they don't like it is really kind of helps you figure out where to go from there. Um, you know, I think I've been fortunate in a lot of ways where I I haven't had anyone say like, I absolutely hate this. Um, I did have a meeting, a design presentation with a client recently who loved just about everything, um, except for the high centerpiece ideas. Um, and sometimes it's hard, you know, when you're, when you're trying to mix somebody's goals and what they want with a budget that you've also been giving, Um, there's, that's a hard, that's a hard thing to blend sometimes. Um, you know, people want a lot of things, uh, and sometimes they don't want to spend what it takes to get there. Um, and it's just educating people on, on the reasons as to why, um, you know, I find myself a lot of the times, I guess one of the reasons how I try to save myself is that I'm very specific in the language that I put. Um, in terms of things, you know, sometimes people say, you know, why did a centerpiece go up in price when you, you know, made it all white flowers? Well, you know, it started with foliage and um, branches in it. It's a much less expensive piece of product to invest in. Um, Or, you know, having a table with a linen versus a mirrored top. Um, Yeah, you know, you, you have to be, you have to be aware that there's a lot of emotion that goes into it for your client too. Um, so I think being sensitive to that is important in making sure the end result um, works for their budget, but also works for, you know, what their goals are in it. Um, that process can certainly be hard sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it sounds like it sounds exhilarating. But at the same time, it sounds just yeah. unbelievably stressful at the same exact, like you're treading a fine line between pulling your hair out or like, so. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, but an, it's with an all interesting, the, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's no, no, an go interesting ahead. industry to be in. It's an uh, interesting industry to be in because you're really, um, especially with custom work on the luxury end, you know, when you're doing something that hopefully for the most part is the first time you're doing it or a variation of something new, um, it can be hard to put a number on those things, you know, and until you actually do it and you see what it takes, um, it, it might have taken a lot more than what you thought it would on the financial side. Um, 
I've tried to brand my work so that you recognize it um, each time, but so not not that it looks the same for each client. There's a there's a balance between doing super custom work every time that becomes somewhat hard to figure out on the financial side, um, and mm-hmm. doing work that doesn't look the same every time because you know how much it's going to cost. Um, you don't have a lot of respect for um, a lot of the high end designers in our industry. I think many of them have a look that you can repeat multiple times um, and people hire them for that reason. You know, it's branding. It makes sense. Um, But it's a little bit easier, I think, on that end to be able to price that stuff out and talk about why it costs what it does with clients. Um, When someone's challenging you to do something unique and different for your first time, or at least for me, because I, you know, don't have as much experience as some others. um, Yeah, that's always can be a very nerve wracking scenario. Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, you could have to deliver, but um, it, it, it you didn't benefit from it financially. Yeah, I mean, you you see the same exact thing with videography when people are just starting out. We did it just like everybody else does it. You offer everything under the sun for your like max price. So say your max price when you're just starting out is $2,000 a wedding or $1,500 a wedding. You're offering ceremony right. edits, speeches edits. You're doing all this work to where... Once you calculate it at the end of the day, you're like, oh my God, I made six bucks an hour. <laughs> like, that's, like, that's not right. cool. So you, uh, you just, you learn like, Hey, no, I need to charge more for this. Right. I need to charge like my, like you got to start breaking stuff apart. Like it's, everybody goes through that. Everybody has that like learning experience. So yeah, it's crazy. But with that being said, uh, I want to cut to a break. And when we come back from the break, sure. I want to talk about, um, how you work with vendors and then the, like the best way to network with, with planners, designers, that kind of stuff. So let's take a break and we will be right back. Do you still email a PDF for a contract? Are you struggling to remember who you sent files to or what those files were? You need a solid CRM, a customer relation management tool, a program that will send professional files and contracts all on your behalf. One that does not need to be printed, signed, and emailed back. Is this the Stone Age? You need HoneyBook. We've been using them for years now, and it increased our productivity by taking menial tasks and automating them. You can set up custom workflows to automatically send emails, payment reminders, thank you responses, etc. You can send brochures, questionnaires, and invoices too. We have three set up. One for when a couple inquires, one for after a call with a couple, and one for a booked wedding with nine steps. That saves us so much time on the back end. What would you do with more time? Spend more time with your family, spend more time working on creative projects, or just simply relaxing. Use our affiliate link below to save 50% on your first year. Go ahead. It's on us. Start saving time and money today. All right, everybody. Welcome back from break. Uh, we are talking about luxury weddings with David DeChico from DeChico Design. Uh, and I, I wanted to get right into David talking about working with other vendors. So you, you touched about this kind of in, in the first segment. And I just if you could just expand a little bit into like, what are you looking sure. for when you want to work with with somebody else? Like whether that's a photographer, florist, videographer, yeah. Um, 
So the the vendors that I'm curating are case by case, depending on the event. Um, if I have a destination event, for example, um, I'm looking for people that um, can run sort of with my vision um, and expand on it. Um, in those cases, you know, I'm usually hiring vendors in every category because I'm really the creative director. Um, locally, I take on a lot more of the design work with my internal team. Um, so in that case, same thing when I'm trying to, uh, outsource those vendors as well. Um, I'm not the type of person who just says, Hey, this is what I want. Can you implement this? I love working with people that will take that idea and say, Hey, what if we added this to it? Or what if we change it in this way? Um, I'm, I'm, I have this new lighting element that I want to include. Do you think it would work if we tried this? Um, I like that collaboration. I like everyone bringing their ideas together. Um, so I, yeah, I don't like to be the person who's like cracking the whip when it comes to design. I want to make sure, um, everyone is getting their creative juices flowing. I think it really, it creates a positive environment. It creates one where, you know, ideas evolve in ways that you wouldn't think they are. Um, it's the same way a client comes to me. I think if someone were to come to me and say, hey, this is the wedding I want to produce and shows me a picture, can you duplicate it? Um, I don't think they'd hire me um, because I would look at it and I would not necessarily critique it, but I might say, hey, what if we did this? Or what if we change that? Um, they, they're coming for the ideas. Um, so I love when someone gives me a bit more flexibility to roll with it. Um, so they sort of start with the initial idea. I expand on it. And then I start to curate a team who helps me even expand on it beyond that. Um, and sometimes that team is vendors that I bring on, but sometimes it's also my internal team that I bring on too. Um, I've been very lucky to have um, people that I contract to work as part of my team on a regular basis um, that I know uh, have strengths in different areas. And I'll bring on even on my team um, based off of, again, what that client wants. Um, it's all about sort of matching up expectations. Um, on, the, on, the, on the other side to that, I'm also in a situation where other vendors are bringing me sometimes on their team. Um, and that's usually in the case of a planner um, or even occasionally another designer. Um, again, I've structured my services in a way that somebody can hire me as just say their event producer. Um, I met a friend um, and colleague about a year and a half ago, um, I was at Engage, which is a luxury wedding summit um, mm -hmm. that I regularly attend. And I was there in London. It was actually three days after I launched. Um, and I met a guy, his name's Stephen Boyle. Um, his company uh, was Stephen Boyle Design uh, out of um, Honolulu in Hawaii. And um, I went out there uh, to visit him, to do some site visits, to check out the islands. I wanted to really expand my knowledge of where you could do a wedding out there. Um, so if someone could come to me and said, hey, I want to get married in Hawaii. Where should I go? I can now go back to them and say, hey, I've been to these four islands. You should do your wedding here. You can do your honeymoon here and kind of give them ideas as to why based off of, again, what their expectations are. Um, after that trip, my friend Stephen reached out to me and said, hey, I have the perfect event to partner on with you. Um, I've partly designed it. I can't be there for it. I want you to be the producer. 
I want you to sell it. And I also want you to expand on the design. Um, and so for me, it was a perfect opportunity. He had already curated the vendors that were going to help implement it and had the team. He just wanted me to come on to actually physically be there for the four events and to sell it to the client and create, you know, expansions on his designs. Um, I think far too often in our industry, you know, there is a lot of competition within designers and planners um, where I've really kind of tried to pull the ego side out of it and say, well, what if we sometimes overlap in terms of what we provide? But if we come together on an event, imagine how much more um, diversity within the work could could be translated for our client. Um, So like, for example, this Engage Summit that I go to often, I went to it in Italy about three years ago. Um, So if a client came to me and said, hey, I want to get married in Italy, I would know who to call out there to hire to bring on as part of my team. Now, locally, a lot of the stuff that they would be doing, I also do. um, But essentially, now we're just partnering together. Like I can do the floral design, but to do it physically in Italy would be not that cost effective. There would be a ton of learning curves. So what I've tried to do is also part of my business model is curate relationships with people locally throughout New England and essentially all over the world so that um, for a client, we can figure out the best person to work with because they have experience in that location. It's a time saver, which is also a cost saver. And they're getting the collaboration of multiple creatives coming together. Um, And honestly, I mean, I've been able to really build that model from just traveling on my own and going to different venues um, and really networking at Engage Summit. Um, You know, I think I mentioned earlier in this conversation, I have uh, my first wedding in Miami next month. Um, I instantly knew who to call and a planner friend, a designer friend and a photographer friend down there to say, hey, are these numbers feasible in your location? What are the vendors that I should reach out to? Um, makes my job a lot easier, but I think the client gets the benefit because of the efficiency factor. Um, and so they're not spending as much money investing in me and figuring it out. Um, I already know the people to help me figure it out. Um, so yeah, I mean, the relationships are, are the most important thing in this industry, whether they're locally or, or outside of where your, you know, your main work is produced. Yeah, you know, it's so Phil talked a lot about engaged and how engaged is what really propelled him like it it bumped him into that, you know, luxury market by by attending those and Brittany and I have been looking yeah. into it. Like we uh I think Breakers is sold out. Um I think there's still there yeah. might be a couple spots in Italy that's open and then I want to say the Bahamas in December is open. So we've been kind of going back and forth on what what we can do yeah. to to jump on this engaged train because that that seems to be a um, just a a wonderful well put on event to really like network and meet people that do extremely high end people like you. Like you, you know what I mean? Like Phil Phil met you at engaged like it was, you know, you do very yeah. curated high-end luxury weddings. And that's that's really the way if you want to break into that market, like you have to you have to do things like go to these summits in order to meet people, network, and then be part of the teams that David is talking about. Like, you know, you wanna be you wanna be on this list of people that he goes to in that geographical area because that's that's wonderful for your portfolio. So David, what what are some don'ts with you 
Like if I'm a vendor and we're working together, like what, what are the, what are some things that I should not do, you know, with you? Huh? Some don'ts. Um, I don't, don't have a bad attitude. You know, like I just, I, Mm -hmm. I've been in scenarios prior to having my own company um, where if there's negativity from anyone on site, it really translates and it kind of affects everyone around you. Um, I, I, I hope and I think the people that work for me um, when I actually am doing events um, would say that the environment that we create in an effort to produce this is one that is positive and it's fun. Um, I know that things can go wrong. You've seen it happen with me. Um, And I think staying positive is really key to be able to ad hoc, to make it look like nothing's happened um, or to edit, you know, whatever you need to, to keep that experience going. Um, That's really my biggest thing. You know, I I think making sure people listen um, and take directive well, when I'm on site, if something's time sensitive, I can certainly be very direct. Um, but I always try to take the time afterwards to thank everyone for, you know, helping me do this. Um, I can't do anything that I do without having a team. Um, I learned that more than ever once I started my company. You know, I went from being with a team of seven where you can bounce ideas off of people in those moments to really working out of my, my apartment um, and realizing, wow, like you don't have um, those safety nets or those people. Um, so I guess to tie it back to the conversation we just had about networking and relationships, having people that do the same thing that you do within our industry to be able to call and discuss an idea, um, that's super important. Um, you know, I, I, I have a great relationship with, um, Rishi from, uh, HMR designs. He's out of Chicago. Um, Josh from Birch event design, I've called and said, Hey, you know, I'm trying to come up with this cherry blossom thing. I saw it in an image that you posted. How do you do it? Um, all of these people are very open to chatting with me, um, or anyone within the industry. You know, again, it's about helping each other and that positive mindset. Um, my friend Jossie from J Group Events, she's in Miami. She does event design, event production. Um, she was one of the main people I called when I when I booked a couple weddings down there. Um, you know, and I think just being genuine, staying positive. So to roll it back to being on site, yeah, don't have a negative attitude. Uh, don't be slow. Don't be, don't be, you know, just, 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 I think everyone's there for a reason. And if you aren't there, um, and you don't share the same passion, don't be there. Why do you want to be there? It's it's too stressful. It's too intense of a job to be spending a Saturday with a group of people and be unhappy. Um, I think the key to it is, you know, realizing, hey, at the end of the day, something's going to come out of this that's positive. Um, and and let's let's just keep that in mind the entire time. Yeah, that that's a really that was a really good good answer, David. I uh you know, one thing I did I kind of want to go back on a little bit was when you said sometimes you are direct. Yeah. And I think what people need to realize is well, no, is there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like there's a time and place. Totally. And if something needs to be done and it needs to be done 
now. You're obviously in, you know, and from a military standpoint, you're in command. So it's your responsibility to ensure that whatever X is gets done. So there it's, it's okay to be direct. It's okay to be short at times. Like it's just, Hey, you need to go do X. And then if you're working with a good vendor, they'll understand that, you know, that's not personal. It's, I need to go do this because, you know, something in the timeline right. might get screwed up or, you know what I mean? Like an, 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 an event or a, a thing that we had planned might be off track and I just need to go do X. It's not David being, you know, facetious right. or, you know, degrading. It's, hey, we're, we're on a time sensitive moment. Go do it. Like I, you know, some people, I think people, you know, when, when I think people will take offense to that. And I think they just need to understand that it's not it's not meant to be offensive. It's you just, you have a job to do. You need to go do it at that moment in time. You know what I mean? Like people aren't being rude. Yeah. I don't know. Do your job. You know, the follow up to make sure they, that it's known that what they did is appreciated. Um, yeah. Because it's really important that piece, because you want to make sure you have people that do actually want to come back and work for you. Um, and I've tried to, um, a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll even overpay people, for example, that I'm, say, paying hourly and just add a little bit more at the end. Um, you know, you want these people to feel like, you, you know, like you're not constantly giving them 40 hours of work every week. It's hard to be a contractor and have someone say, hey, can you work for me for 10 hours for this weekend? Um, or can you give me a 16 to 18 hour day on yep. Saturday where you could be at the beach? Um, you know, it's 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 again, showing the appreciation, not just verbally, but sometimes financially, um, you want to make, make these people feel like they're supported. I mean, again, I can't do anything that I do without their help. Um, and the other thing I will say that I do, or or maybe it isn't necessarily a don't, but a do that people should be is I love working with a vendor and people that are totally flexible in terms of what their role is. So like, for example, um, you know, if I hire like an assistant planner for the day, sometimes they're doing design work too. If all of a sudden that's what's needed in that moment, that's what happens. Um, our mutual friend, George, who introduced us, who's a videographer, I had him uh, at a client's mm-hmm. uh, birthday party at a private home uh, this past September. And um, he was helping me hang an installation in the ceiling during some downtime. Um, we hadn't, we didn't have enough hands. We needed more help. And again, this kind of goes back to how I curate my teams. It's people that know in the moment and I have ideas that come up and I'm like, no, let's do this. I know it wasn't part of the plan, but let's talk it out real quick. Let's see if it's feasible. And if it is, is everyone game to get this done? Um, and usually people are, I mean, that's an exciting, it's a fun thing. And then when it's finished and it came through the right way, they're like, wow, I I can't even believe I was a part of that too. You know, normally I'm just behind a camera. Um, I think it's fun for them. Uh, Or at least I hope, I hope it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, one thing when you're talking about like giving people incentives who've, who've worked with you and that kind of stuff, I also think that on the exact opposite end of that spectrum, it's very hard to find good, reliable people. Yeah. And once you've found that like nugget, it's important to just to keep a hold of it. And, you know, I notice it in our industry where, you know, you see vendors who just come and go like literally like they'll, they'll be in business for a year, two years, and then they're gone. Right. And it's, it's very, once you find those people, it's very important to like keep them close because they, you know, obviously 
you need people that show up on time. You need people that have all the equipment that they're supposed to have. You need people who are going to be reliable and dependable. If you ask them to go do X, right? like, Hey, you know, Hey George, I need help hanging this real quick. George is like, Oh sure. Sets his camera down and just goes, right. goes and does it. Like, that's not, you know, I, I would be just mortified if somebody was like, no, I'm the videographer. Yeah, you're like, and like just like bounced. You're not going to have anything to take the video <laughs> like, of if it's not set up. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. So it's, it's crazy. Like you, so it's important to find those good people. And I guess rolling with that, what, what kind of recommendation recommendation do you think you could give to people that are starting out people that have been in business for two, three years, they got their foot in the door now, and they're trying to build that relationship with, you know, that like luxury planner, luxury designer, like, how do you think they should, they should go about starting to kind of curate that? Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny. I feel like, um, that's still me in some ways, right? Like when people said, you know, you, you're starting this company, everything's new and fresh. It wasn't because I had been doing it for a good amount of time. And I already had a lot of those relationships. I was lucky in that regard. Um, but to be able to expand, you know, I had to start fresh with some of them too. Um, you know, I think it is, um, making sure you follow up with them, keeping that constant, like, conversation going um but show them you have value show them like what your value is and why it's different than the people they currently work with um maybe you know give them give give them an opportunity to work with you uh sorry um give them an opportunity to work with you and maybe um you know cut them a break in some areas or something or say hey here's a couple areas where i'm going to offer you these services at no cost let me show you what i can do um I've even had conversations with other designers or planners where I've said, Hey, if you ever want extra hands, um, I'd love to just work with you and see how you operate. Um, you know, offer yourself, um, at no cost. Um, and I know that's hard, especially when you're starting out, um, because you know, it's a tough industry. Um, and everyone's here at the end of the day to make some sort of money or has to, um, but yeah, if you can find ways to make concessions on what you do, um, to build trust with someone. I think that's important. Um, authenticity is, is one of the most important things and then being a trustworthy person. Um, and I know that sounds like a no brainer, Mm. but, um, I think it's very easy to see when someone is not authentic, um, or if they're blowing smoke. Um, so stay far away from that. And I think everything else will kind of fall into place. Yeah, no, that's a, it's almost like somebody who makes this just extremely banging video of a planner who's at a beach party. It's got like this hype music behind it. Exactly. Talking about the video I made for you. I am so proud. I I love that video, to be honest with you. (laughs) I still go back and watch Um, it. Like, I think... Yeah, that was a that was a great night. The music was, really was amazing. Night. I mean, it was yeah, it was really great. I I am so fortunate. Yeah, that um, that was, you know, and honestly, like an event like that and something like that is one of my favorite things to do. Um, a social event that is about bringing a community of people together. Um, it's a celebration of. That was a celebration of the summer. It was a celebration of diversity um, and inclusivity Mm -hmm. within what Provincetown represents. Um, And it was a cool opportunity to do something on a beach with lighting. 
um, and fire elements and furniture and great food. Um, yeah, I felt very lucky to be able to produce something like that. I'm, I'm hopeful that the social events like that are what's going to start to ramp up and not just the wedding side. Um, I love a wedding. Um, but as you know, there's, there's a lot of emotion tied to that. Um, but a social event kind of gives you an opportunity to be above and beyond creative and unique, um, especially with the experience. So um, I'm hopeful for more of those to come in the near future. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to like that. That was visually stunning. And I think one of, one of the, one of the things that I really noticed that really stood out to me was lighting. And what I mean by lighting is I just, I was listening to you talking to the lighting engineer and I could see him going down in gradient. Like I heard you just blurt out like no purples, no blacks. Like you just rattled off like six colors and you were like, none of those. And then you started, once he hit the red, yeah, I was watching you tell him you're like down, 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 down until you got to what your vision was yeah. for that red color, which was visually like if you like that, vid, like those lights make that video yeah. like that sets a tone for, you know, the fire, like just, it was, it was a very, it was, it was an unbelievable opportunity. Like it was just such a cool experience to, I love because I'm not very creative. I'll be the first person to admit it. And I, don't know I, about that. I you love created seeing that people who are like at work. <clears throat> yeah. Well, it's cause I like, I like house music. So yeah. anybody that likes house music with me, like I can, I, I love syncing music to that. So and I mean, I, I so appreciate <laughs> you saying that like, all of my, those are, those are the moments where like, you know, I had thought about what I wanted that to look like, but until you're there and for that, until we were seeing like the colors in the sunset, the vibe of what everyone was feeling. I mean, that's when my mind started to evolve in how that lighting should even be. I had a strong idea of what I wanted it to be ahead of time. It was a androgynous burning man, burning men, plural themed party. Um, mm -hmm. I even had uh celosia plants where, which looked like burning flames as the floral design. Um, but yeah, I mean, the lighting was really key for that. And again, you see it in the video lighting is honestly, it's one of my favorite design elements. And it's one of the things that most people don't even think about. Um, and when I say most people, I mean, you know, the client that you're working with, they don't realize, you know, you're going to invest all this money in flowers, but if you don't light them the right way, um, you're not going to see them. Yeah, I mean, as much as I'm not a big fan of Henry Ford, he had a uh, he had one co one comment that really stood out to me, and he said that they people said like the customer is always right, right, and Henry Ford was like, no, like that's not true, and they were like, what do you mean? And he said, if I went out to the general public and asked them what they wanted, they would have told me a faster horse. That's funny. So he went on and built the car. Right, exactly. Like that was, so it's like, a, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wanted a faster horse. So. The uh, version of it. But, you know, David, as much, yeah, yeah, yeah. As much, as much as I have to bring this to a close, uh, you know, I, I know you have some stuff going on this afternoon. So I, I cannot express to you how great it was getting a chance to talk to you and bringing you on the podcast. Uh, David, like I can't, I also can't stress, like he is an amazing designer. And if you haven't checked out his work, you got to go to, uh, he's on Instagram, obviously at 
Dechico Design, and then it's DeChicoDesign.com is his website. And he's he's got just a ton of just beautiful, just elaborate, you know, designs that he does. And uh, I can't wait to have you back on. Thank you. I, I Thank love you. I love chatting with you. David. I appreciate the compliments. Uh, it's, yeah, it's been awesome to do this. Um, it's it's been invigorating. I needed a little adrenaline. It was great to talk with you again. Um, and hopefully we can do do some more parties coming up soon. Yeah, can't wait, can't wait because they they are they are fantastic. So, uh, you know, be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You join our private Facebook Facebook group, Wedding Videography for Beginners. I hope everybody is staying safe, and we will see you in a couple weeks. All right, bye. Bye. Still haven't figured out a closing for these things yet. Like I don't know, I don't know how to close out a podcast at this point. (laughs) Are you looking at a really nice camera you can't afford? Are you wondering how companies afford six red Monstro 8K cameras and all the trimmings? You need to make more money so you can buy one. No, I'm kidding. You need to rent. Renting equipment is way easier than you think. You can ship it all back and forth from your house and it's way cheaper than buying. Best of all, you should include the rental cost in your pricing to pass on the expense because you're shooting with better gear. Wouldn't it be great to use something other than a Canon SL2 for your next project? Run a Sony a7S 3 or a Canon 1DX Mark III. You don't need to buy them. We rent additional cameras, lighting gear, and audio equipment all the time from borrowed lenses. We've never had a late shipment or anything other than an awesome experience with our customer service. Use our affiliate link below to get renting today, and you'll have professional equipment tomorrow.